I'd rather regret the risk that didn't work out than the chances I didn't take at all. That is a quote by Simone Biles. Welcome to Trina Talk. Trina Talk is a weekly podcast that will inspire and empower women of all ages to strive for the impossible. Your host, Trina L. Martin from TrinaMartin.com is a motivational speaker, leader, and cybertech expert. Every week, Trina will share wisdom gained from her life experiences and lessons learned while pursuing her goals to inspire you to achieve the next level in your life. Now, your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to Trina Talk. I am your host, Trina L. Martin, and this is episode 86. Are you a small or medium-sized business that still relies on email to send important information to your clients or employees? Or do you have clients and employees in multiple locations and you need to stay connected with them? Well, I want to help you. I work with small to medium-sized businesses to help them identify technical solutions so that they can stay connected to their remote clients, customers, and employees. So if you're ready to elevate your business operations and use technology effectively to communicate with your remote clients, customers, and train your employees, email me at Next level at trinamartin.com. The topic of this week's episode is Can You Network and Negotiate? My guest this week is Sabine Gideon. Sabine is a life and leadership coach, author, and speaker. She serves ambitious, mission driven leaders and entrepreneurs. She helps them to identify and overcome their self-sabotaging behavior, take action towards the goals they really want to achieve, and unapologetically step into their leadership, identity, and power. With a focus on mindset, personal growth, self-leadership, professional development, and transformation, She has over 15 years experience supporting leaders and professionals in their career development within Fortune 100 companies. Sabine has helped hundreds of professionals break through barriers, uncover or build their leadership capabilities and experience personal and professional growth. Hi, Sabine. Welcome to Trina Talk. Hi, Trina. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, you know what? I really am loving what you do. You are a life and leadership coach, you're author, you're a speaker, but you have some things in your personal life that you have also experienced that led you to be the person that you are today. So take the listeners back and give us a brief synopsis of who you are and what made you do the things that you're doing today. Yeah, thank you for that. So uh, yes, I am. I am transitioning, and I say transitioning um, as as I talk about the trans my transformation process. You'll understand, but transitioning into this this identity of um, the life and leadership coach. Um, so, a little background about me: I 
Um, spent 13 years in corporate America in HR. Um, and for 10 of those years, um, you know, I, when I started my career as this eager beaver, I wanted to be like the senior HR business partner. And I started my career mostly in recruiting. And, you know, over the time, like working through, like busting my butt to try to get promotion after promotion. And I realized that I was getting pigeonholed into the recruiter role. Um, and I, you know, from the start of my career, wanted to be this HR business partner because to me, they were the ones who like had the most impact and they were working closely with the leaders, so on and so forth. And so once I realized I was I was pigeonholed or I had pigeonholed myself, I can't blame it on anyone else really. Um, I went back to school, got my master's, and I transitioned into a role that allowed me to fast track into uh, the HR business partner. <laughs> so talk about 10 years of fast tracking. Um, finally got into the role, and six months in, I realized that this was not for me. Like, this was not what I wanted to do. And, you know, the reality of that took me on a journey, if you will, or another journey in my life. Um, you know, it's it, it, for me at the point at the time, it was, okay, I've worked so hard for 10 years to finally get this role uh, that I had been coveting. And now that I finally got it and realized that it's not what I wanted, it started to make me question, you know, not necessarily who am I, but what am I meant to do? You know, the thing that I had been working for is not is not what I wanted. It's not who I was. It it wasn't making the impact um, that I thought it was going to make. And so it forced me to have to step um, or really go deep. Um, I am a a woman of faith. So really go deep into that, into that space of, you know, questioning, okay, well, how does my purpose align with the work that I'm supposed to be doing? Um, And so maybe I would say over a course of a year, it forced me to take a step back of, really assessing, okay, based on what I've done in my career, when were the times, what were the times, what were the moments, what were the roles in which I felt like I was the most impactful or that I got the most joy? Um, Literally doing, you know, kind of like a a self-evaluation as far as it related to my career, but also too trying to tie it back to what am I here to do? And I remember thinking, I I kept being brought back to uh, the times of which, like, I was able to coach people. Um, You know, part of my roles as being on the recruiter side and being on the HR business side was, you know, sitting down with employees from the leadership level all the way down. You know, what is it that you really want? Like helping them paint the picture of where they wanted to be and where they wanted to go and then helping them put the the steps, the systems, the processes, whatever, the strategy in place to help them get there. Um, and I just remember there was this role that I had in particular for three years where it was nonstop career coaching uh, for internal employees. And then it was nonstop coaching as leaders or as new leaders were stepping into leadership roles and helping them adjust to that um, identity shift of going from peer to leader. Um, And, you know, as I was 
taking that year to kind of assess what I wanted to do next, I realized that to me, those years were the best years of my career, not because I had, you know, X title or X dollar amount, you know, in my salary, but it was because I could literally see the uh, fruits of my labor, if you will. I could literally see the impact of me working with someone closely, of me helping people put pieces in place and how that changed their lives. It changed their livelihood. It changed how they saw themselves. And so once that clicked for me, it was almost like, you know, the skies opened and it was that, ah, uh, where I had that moment of that's, that's what I want to do. Whatever that thing is called, that's what I want to spend my life doing um, it, because that's where I feel like I'm, I'm being called uh, to serve uh, within, you know, the walls of corporate. So long story short, um, you know, I worked for another two years in corporate kind of, you know, building, continuing to build my skill set from the HR perspective, but also to um, building out the, the basics for my business, my coaching business. Um, and because I had started as a recruiter and, you know, I had seen enough inter seen enough resumes to know what what works what didn't work sat in through enough interviews i wanted to help people i wanted to help position people better um, when they were in the job search field and then also too i wanted to help women specifically um, you know do a better job or get more confident in articulating uh, their value during salary negotiations so it was part career coaching part you know, salary negotiation, um, confidence coach for women. Um, and in addition to that, I did a lot in terms of like helping women um, understand the importance of networking, uh, both in and outside of the organization. Um, as someone who was in HR, you know, I sat in on a lot of decisions, whether it was during the succession planning process or whether we were talking about promotions. And, you know, the reality was most most women, and I, I understand I'm generalizing, um, have this mindset, especially in corporate, of, you know, I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to work and somebody's going to notice me and eventually they'll tap me on the shoulder and give me a promotion. Um, meanwhile, their counterpart, Bill, is in his manager's office and his manager's manager's office, you know, uh, telling how great, you know, how not great he is, but, you know, what the team is doing and what the impact has been and, you know, all of the wins. And so, you know, by whatever natural means, when it came time to make those decisions, people remember the person who <laughs> the the person who was always showing up and and oftentimes that wasn't the women. And so, as it relates to just kind of helping build confidence and helping women advance in their careers, uh, that's what I launched out and started doing uh, back in twenty eighteen and wow. have oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I have since shifted uh, where it's not necessarily as career focused um, as it was, but still it's the same concept around helping people identify what it is that they want, who it is that they want to show up as, and then helping them gain the confidence to be able to step into that, that identity. You know, what I was going to say is that's so amazing. And you hit the nail on the head because I spent 
20 plus years in corporate. And like you said, women, they just don't show up like the men do. I, I remember going in, like you said, busting my butt, doing my job. But it was always that male counterpart who, when you looked around, got the raise or got promoted. And you're like, OK, mm-hmm. what's going on? I'm here. I'm doing my job. But I think we as women, we don't, you know, assert ourselves like the men. It, I don't know what it is, but I found exactly what you're saying to be true. Now, when you, because you said you worked for this coveted position that you thought, okay, this is it. And I think we've all been there. And once you got there, you, you realize that that wasn't your calling. It wasn't for you. Was there any one thing that happened to make you see that? Or did you just, was it one of those things where you were like, okay, I hear I finally arrived. And then you get there and you were like, Ooh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It, it was a combination of, of those things. It was, you know, the excitement of a new job, right? The first couple of months, like the, everything is great. Everything is gravy. And I actually ended up relocating um, for that job. And so I think had it, had I not relocated and not been like so far outside of my comfort zone, I probably at the time, I probably would have been in the mindset where I was just like, okay, Hey, I'm here now. Like just suck it up. But my entire life had been like shaken just months prior. So whatever form of stability or whatever belief of stability I had had already been, you know, stripped just enough so that it allowed me to see it. I feel like it just allowed me to see things for what they were versus, you know, um, falling back into the old patterns of, okay, well, I'm just going to push through, I'm going to grin and bear it. And I'm just going to, you know, eventually it's going to get better. Um, so for me at the time also too, you know, for me, it was just more of like, okay, I've worked 10 years for this, gone back to school. And I, part of it was the organization. I will, I will definitely say that part of it was the organization and the structure, um, but the capacity to actually like just sit down and have a conversation with someone to understand like that wasn't there. It was just like you were constantly drinking out of a fire hose. And it was just like, I you're not making an impact like you're just making it through the day. And after a few months of feeling like that, it was just like, no, <laughs> this isn't it like this. This can't be it. Um, and like I said, because my environment had shifted so drastically, it gave me the space to explore, okay, if I can step outside of my comfort zone as it relates to my physical environment, what can I do to shift and to change like my career trajectory right now? Mm -hmm. Yes, that is, that is so key. And like you said, a lot of people end up in these situations where they are unhappy, but like you said, they figure, okay, you know what? I'm here, I moved, whatever, I have a family and this is how it is. So I'm going to just bear it. And unfortunately, a lot of people go through life and they're really unhappy, but Mm -hmm. they've been imprisoned by the job because they know they need to pay their bills and, you know, you know, provide a livelihood for their family. So I think that is really key. And that's such a great thing that you learned that early on. So tell me, how do you work with your clients who may be in that same predicament? Yeah. So as I like, as I've been 
as I've been evolving or transforming personally, I think my, well, I know the the type of people that I've desired to work with um, has been changing and transforming as well. Um, and so a lot, a lot of my earlier clients or my previous clients were people who um, were at this place where, you know, however long they were following a career path, I'll give you a perfect example. One of my uh, previous clients was in banking, um, came here from a different country, like worked her way up through banking, worked her way up through getting all of her degrees. And now she was working on getting her PhD. Um, and, you know, she wanted to shift. She wanted to go from being in banking and management and banking to working um, at the UN, which was, you know, like on paper, like a huge leap. Um, but this, you know, but her passion and her desire uh, had pushed her despite wherever she was, like in terms of, you know, um, economically or just career wise to like continue to get her degree to that point of, of getting her PhD. And, and she was just at the place where, you know, for her, her identity had been wrapped up for so long in, you know, uh, being a, a being in management and banking. And so a lot of our work, I mean, clearly she had the smart, she had the know-how, she was getting the education. It would, it would have, it, it could be an easier transition, but a lot of our work dealt with me um, helping her to start to see herself differently, to start to let go of the titles and the roles that she had played for the last 20 years to say that, you know, you that was training ground for you. Like you needed to go through that process. There are roles that you had to take. There are experiences that you had to have in that space to get you here. Um, and, you know, working through how working through getting away from um, letting the roles and, and the titles and whatnot define her versus looking at it from the standpoint of, oh, no, 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 no. Th those were like, those were literally the training steps that I needed to get here. And then stepping into, or even just owning, like I've worked, I've been working for the last 20 years for this role. I've been preparing for the last 20 years for this role. And now I'm positioned for this type of role. So it was the actual like tactical nature of, okay, let's get the resume, let's get the networking plan, let's get the other stuff. But then it was also to the mental and the emotional of breaking away from the past and leaning in and embracing the fear of, well, what does it mean for me to not be, you know, a, a banking person? Or what does it mean for me to be someone who is, you know, making decisions, strategic high-level decisions in the UN? Um, so that's kind of where I've landed in terms of like clients right now and, and who I work with. It's the people who know, all right, what I'm doing is not satisfying, whether that's in the professional space or if, whether that's just in your life and personal. Um, you know, I, I work with type A, uh, type A ambitious um, women who are in leadership roles. And, and you know, I'm, I'm sure I, I know I'm stereotyping, but, you know, some stereotypes hold true. It's the, you know, you're, you're ambitious and you're constantly working towards something. And on the outside, you know, people will always look and be like, oh, but you're so successful. You're so successful. But you know, inside of you, like something, something is off. Like something isn't, isn't, isn't where you want it to be or where you know it can be. Um, and oftentimes going back to what you just shared, you know, it's so much easier to just kind of like 
play safe and just be like, all right, you know what, I'm going to play into the roles that society has given me or that, you know, people expect from me versus stepping out and saying, you know what, maybe it does look like I have it all, but I'm not happy with whatever this all is. And I know that there's something else for me. So I work with people in, in trying to identify whatever that thing is. And then also to um, gaining the confidence and just the, the sheer giving themselves permission to explore what that other thing might look like. Mm. That is that is so good. And it's funny when you said that, I was like, oh, she talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I am that type A person and I had great corporate jobs and it was my last job. And it kind of resonates with what you were saying that I moved across the country for my children were very small. I had just come off a divorce, everything. So I figured, okay, this is going to be a start to a new part of our lives and start Mm -hmm. a new chapter. And as soon as I walked in the door, I said, oh my goodness, I I made a mistake. And the organization, by all intents and purposes, everybody was like, oh my God, oh yeah, you know. But I was like, "Mm, no, this is not for me. And just some of the things I encountered with the people and how they try to attack me. and And one day I said, God, you know, why, why is this happening? Why, why did you give me this job, bring me here and all of this? And then something said that there's more for you. You were meant to do more. Mm-hmm. And if I had to state where I was previously, I would have been comfortable. I never would have been pushed. Mm-hmm. Like I was pushed with this current job to make me say, okay, I'm breach, I'm branching out and I'm going to start my own business because you know, that's what happens when you're uncomfortable. You start seeing and thinking of the possibilities of things and you start, like you said, really tapping into yourself. And it's just amazing how that happens. Not for everyone, but a lot of people take those life lessons and they sit back and they start to assess themselves and evaluate what is it that is truly my purpose. Yeah. Um, and the power in what you just said is uh, Oftentimes, and I share this with clients all the time, people expect, well, it's two things. They'll either fear change and like just run away from it. But then they also expect like the good things, like the major breakthroughs to come through in these like good experiences that just feel great. And, you know, the skies are open. And oftentimes it's in the most uncomfortable. It's in the most painful. It's in the most disruptive um, situations in life that like these changes, these big changes and the ones that have the biggest impact, um, that's that's how they show up. And so I'm a firm believer in, you know, when when all hell is broken loose in your life, that's an indication that you're shifting into a different version of yourself. And so, again, it's easy to just wallow or it's easy to like run in fear and hide. Um, but there's this there's a saying uh, when the teacher or no, excuse me, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And oftentimes the teacher is is not a nice one. Uh, it's change. It's pain. It's discomfort. It's whatever. But the reason why it's showing up is because you're ready. You are actually ready to transition into that next place. And that's the thing that's going to propel you to the place that you want to be or need to be. Wow. So talk to us about your journey since you stepped away from corporate. You have built your business. 
Tell me about some of your successes, your failures, some of your mindset as you were going through, because both of you and I know, even though you get on that journey and you're like, okay, this is my purpose. I'm going to go this way. It's not without, you know, the pebbles in the road. <laughs> pebbles, you mean boulders. <laughs> boulders. Um, I learned so, so many painful <laughs> lessons. Um, good ones uh, that, that hold true to me. One of the biggest things is um, in corporate as, or this journey has been very introspective for me because you know, as a kid, uh, you're rewarded. Like if you do something, if something's assigned, you do it, you do it well, you're rewarded. In corporate America, same thing. Like you get to assign to a project, you do the project well, you're, you're rewarded for a promotion or whatever the case may be. One of the, my biggest challenges being a type A person is, you know, you can do all of the things, right? You can sign up for somebody's program. Like you could launch, you can have your sales funnel, you can do all the marketing, you can do all those things and it still may not work out. And in the beginning, um, I struggled uh, not even just with getting stuff done or implementation, but it was my self-worth. I didn't realize at the time, but my self-worth and my like self-value had been so wrapped up in um, you know, the outward uh, recognition, if you will, of others. And, you know, the way that it showed up was if I did all these things and then I put it out there and nobody bought or it was crickets or whatever the case may be, it was causing me to question like, okay, well, am I doing the right thing? Like, is there something wrong with me? Like, why can't I get it? And this, that, and third. And what I didn't realize at the time, especially in the beginning, that it wasn't about um, it wasn't a reflection of my self-worth. And also too, you know, this entrepreneurial journey or whatever business that you're building is a reflection of who you are. And so as I was transforming it from this person that relied on others or relied on the system that I had grown it up in, as I was transitioning, like I would start to see things differently. And I didn't, I didn't realize that at the time. I, I, I hope that makes sense. It was more of taking away the, it was a, almost like an undoing, if you will, of all of the things that I have been taught that were, you know, what created success and me going on this journey to discover for myself, well, who am I, who am I becoming and how is that reflecting in me, in my business and, and, and what it is that I, I wanted to build. Um, also to another lesson that ties into that is, you know, I used to fear failure, <laughs> like failure was like a bad four letter word. Um, because in my household, I'm, I'm, I'm a child of immigrants. I'm an immigrant myself. It was just kind of like, you got to work hard. You got to work hard. You got to work hard. And so, um, for me, when, when things weren't working out in the beginning, it was, oh my gosh, I'm such a failure. Oh my gosh. And all of these beliefs that had been formed as a child, like I was literally faced with, and had the opportunity and the chance to say, okay, is that true? Is that true? It was literally like an undoing of everything that I had been taught all my life in the first six months of my entrepreneurship journey. And I learned to see, you know, quote unquote failure a lot differently. What had been defined as like something that, you know, in my mind, at the time as like something that's like unforgivable and you know you're it it, it just speaks to who you are and, and your worth and all that other stuff it was like okay i i could 
look at this as I failed, or I could look at this as I've never done this before and I'm simply testing it out. And once that reframe started to happen, like I kid you not, like it shifted my confidence, it shifted my vision and and the things that I did and the things I went after and, and, and how I showed up. Um, you know, to the people that I was trying to attract. And the evidence was so clear that it was never about, again, the the external praise or the external reward, but it was more as I, as I let go of these, those old beliefs that don't get me wrong, once served me because those are the beliefs that I needed to do good in school, to do good in my career. But as I transitioned into an entrepreneur, it's not just, oh, it's another job and you just work for yourself. No, like you become an entrepreneur. There's a transformation process that happened. And as I became an entrepreneur, I had to let go of the beliefs that no longer served me in this space as this person in, in this identity. Um, so you know, those are, those are a few of the lessons that I, I, I learned the hard way or the experiences that, that taught me this the hard way. But I think the, the biggest successes throughout this journey, you know, outside of being able to help my clients, outside of being able to help them see themselves in a different light, I got to tell you, like, this, this has been the, the best personal development course I have ever purchased um, to see yourself one way and over just the course of a year, I'm coming up on two years since I've been um, completely away from corporate, but to see yourself differently, the way that I think, the way that I perceive things, the the way that I have grown is allowing me to serve my clients in a much higher and better uh, capacity. So to me, that like is the ultimate success, my growth in this. And then of course, my ability to translate that growth to help others grow. You know, I'm glad you said that because a lot of times people look at us entrepreneurs or people who have businesses and they think, oh, wow, yeah, that's easy. I can do it. (laughs) But no, but we both know there's there's moments and times where you're like, oh, my God, is this really what I should be doing? I know this is what I thought, but is this really what I should be doing? And now and I think it's kind of profound what you said, because I think in the day and time that we are in today where people have lost their jobs and all oh, such uncertainty, I think that that's something that's also that can be used as motivation because maybe this is a time that, you know, I hate that people have lost their jobs, but maybe this is a time that somebody can look back and say, you know what, I don't have that job anymore, but I've wanted to start a business or this was really my passion. And that now maybe they can start to put their foot forward to do those things. Um, Because like you said, nothing, nothing happens. Uh, It's always the uncertainty and the uncomfortable times that really make you come out a fighter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that's uh, really key. Um, But yeah, and I just love, I'm looking at, you know, what you were saying about how you like to help people overcome their Mm self-sabotaging behavior. Um, Just talk in general, you don't have to name anybody, but tell me about your clients that you have helped and Do you ever hear them? Do they come back to you and say, you know what, because of you, I have gone on to do X? 
Yeah. Yeah. So I have one client in particular and um, still tracks that type A personality, but like has, for whatever reason, um, through her, you know, her belief systems, you know, had this very like conservative risk adverse um, uh, personality and just way of doing things. And, and basically, you know, she had kind of been like me where I was in terms of being pigeonholed into a certain type of role and wanted to expand. Um, but, you know, like there was that part of her that was just like, I can do more. I know I can. And then there's that other part of her is like, let's keep things safe. Let's not, you know, let's not ruffle the feathers way too much. And so um, with her, there was a lot of work in exploring. And it's, it's funny, the thing that I remember um, most about her or the thing that like stands out, I should say, most about her is that she is the person that like reminded me how important it is for us as adults to allow ourselves to to dream, to allow ourselves to tap into our imagination, to allow ourselves to have that kid-like faith and kid-like curiosity. Um, you know, I always say like, you know, you ask a kid like what they want to be and they're going to tell you an astronaut. They're going to tell you like something wild and crazy. Why? Because nothing has told them or nothing has caused them to believe that they couldn't do it. But then as we grow as adults and, you know, real, quote unquote reality sets in or we, we start to form our beliefs and we allow fear to um, dictate our, you know, our goings, our comings and goings and what we'll explore, we, we ultimately become our own self-sabotagers in limiting ourselves and what we can do. And so in this particular case with this particular client, there was, there was a lot of opportunity or a lot of room for us to, to, for me to help her get back to that childlike faith and explore a little. And once she did, it was almost like this unraveling, if you will, It, it was that, wait a minute, why am I holding myself back? Like, why am I telling myself that these are my only options? Like, why, why am I, you know, only playing on, in, on this side of the sandbox? Um, and so being able to work with her and to help her get to that place where she had that self-realization of, wait a minute, I'm holding me back. I'm telling me that my next move can only be within, you know, this, these parameters. Um, and so she ended up actually transitioning into uh, the career that she she wanted. Like she actually wanted to step into a more recruiting role, a corporate recruiting role and was able to do that. Um, she negotiate like I'm so proud of her. She negotiated uh, her salary, and this is someone who has been taught and was in that space of you know whatever they give me, I'm gonna be grateful for, and I'm gonna take it. And she, you know, she stepped up, and she was just like, you know what, I'm gonna test this out because now I believe that it is possible. And I think she got, she ended up getting a, a 10k. Um, above the offer. So she got 10K more than the offer that they had originally put out there. And so to watch that and to see that and to see her journey was just 
completely amazing. Um, so now she is thriving in her career um, in the, in that recruitment space. Um, and also to one of the other key things is she's also the type of person where she would have stayed in a job no matter how much she hated it, you know, for years and years and she had. And so now it's kind of like, okay, well, I'm, she put time frames around this. Like I'm going to do this for two years max, and then I'm going to use this role to transition to somewhere else. So it's like her, her whole outlook on her career and her control over her career has shifted as well. Mm. It sounds like you are really in tune with what your clients need. The fact that you are saying, okay, you know, you can get past this. This is not only what you're meant to do. You need to come out and, and be more courageous and confident and So many people have it, but they just don't know until someone helps them. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm curious, first of all, two things. I'm curious, do you work with men at all? I do. It's funny. I I mean, men will come to me. I guess I should put it this way. Men will come to me and like, you know, we'll do our uh, introductory or discovery. And there's always like this, like, oh my gosh, this is so helpful. But if I'm being completely honest, like I've never had an actual male client. Um, And I've gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, whatever it is that whatever assignment I have in their lives, if it is just that initial conversation, then, you know, then that's what it is. But up to this point, I haven't had from a client perspective, I haven't had a male client. And then my second question is, of your clients, how many have come to you and totally pivoted to something that was totally unrelated to let's say what they were trained to do and what their their profession once was um so the the banker uh to un person is definitely one um someone who's totally pivoted so i have so i mean obviously i i do the life and the leadership uh side of it so i have uh i have a client who's who's actually a current client who um, is actually a senior level person in an organization. And for her, it wasn't necessarily about pivoting careers specifically. It was really embracing and adjusting to what it meant for like to go from individual contributor to manager or to leader, I should say. Um, so, it, you know, it's a startup. The organization grew really, really quickly. And, you know, when you go from like three to five to all of a sudden 50 people, there's a different you that needs to show up. And so helping her pivot from, OK, I got to be the one that does everything. I got to be the one that drives everything. I got to be the one that is in control of everything to shifting that to, OK, how do I replicate me in others. Um, and that to me has been like a huge shift because it's, it's obviously shifted her thinking. It's shifting the way that she sees herself It's shifting the tools and the resources that, you know, she leverages on, on a day-to-day basis. And it's, it sh- I can see like the leader, like literally emerging from her. Whereas, you know, um, again, going back to the whole type A personality, sometimes it's hard to delegate because you have it comes with perfectionism too. And you have this mindset of like, okay, if I want to get it done right, only I can do it. Um, and getting and seeing someone like getting ready to like fall back into their own patterns and stopping and saying, 
actually, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to figure out how to delegate this. And then I'm going to figure out the tools and the resources that I need to give my team so that they can, uh, so that they can actually execute on it. Um, so that's been one of my like recent, um, I don't know if I can call it successes, but success in progress of, of seeing someone totally pivot from their mode of operation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And that's very empowering because not only are people coming to you for a change, but it is that you have to evolve and change where you currently are. So like you were saying with this person, they were in a position and that that they wanted to leave that position, but they just wanted to become um, better at what they were now elevated to do. So mm-hmm. that's great. So we're going to move into our questions at the end here. So are you ready? I am. Okay. Question one, who or what motivates you? So I, again, I, I mentioned I am a woman of faith. And so I am, I'm extremely motivated in fulfilling my God-given purpose. Um, but I'm also extremely motivated in, in ensuring that I leave a legacy um, for, you know, my children. I don't have children yet, but, you know, coming being an immigrant um, and coming into this country and, and seeing how hard my parents work, it's always been like my dream to, you know, exceed their expectations and then also to leave something for my kids so that the life that I lived, they don't have to necessarily live that. So I'm motivated by people who aren't even here yet, um, but I'm also motivated by uh, the purpose and the great assignment that I know God has given me to, to complete in this world. Mm-hmm. What demotivates you? <laughs> How long do we have? Um, <laughs> um, a demotivator for me, a huge demotivator is, well, it, it falls in line with what I was just saying to just simply exist and not be able to do something impactful. Like I, you know, part of what drives me um, is being able to help people see their potential and then moving forward. A demotivator for me, and this is not judgment against people necessarily, is for people who um, they simply... they simply co-sign on the belief that they don't have control over their lives or that they can't move forward or they can't impact like that, that defeatist uh, mindset. That's definitely a demotivator for me. Mm, yeah. That's one for me too. Um, when was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked out for your good? Hmm. Something was said or done to hurt me. Well, that there's a there's a slew of things there too. Uh, <laughs> I have a lifetime of those. Um, I remember I was in a role in in and this was in the recruiting space, and I had gotten to a place where I realized that you know what, there was no room for me to grow in that particular role. And the manager had a very like micromanaging um, style about her. And I remember I literally, we went through our review. I had a phone screen for another job, like on a Friday. And I remember what, okay. So during the, inter, during the review, um, you know, she had some, some bad commentary, not about my performance, but just because she didn't feel like I was, um, 
I was as communicative with her. Basically, I didn't write up a list of everything that I had done every day at the end of the day to give her. But long story short, I remember at the end of the review, like I knew I had a I had a phone screen for another job that day. I had literally packed up <laughs> packed up my uh, stuff from my desk and had it in a box. Like li- it was just a phone interview, okay? I literally walked out of there after that conversation with her like with the mindset of and I forget what she said. This is what she said to me specifically. She was just like, uh, I've got it made here. Like, you know, my career is set. Like you, on the other hand, like, you know, something to the effect of like, you need to get it together if you want to make it here or something like that. And I remember thinking to myself, like, it's sad that at this stage in your career, like you, you, this is it for you, right? Like you were like the way that she was saying it to me was like, I'm good and you need to do what you need to do to get here. And I saw it as, wow, this is it for you. Okay. Like, and so (laughs) I used that as my, as my fuel. And later that day, it was went from a phone screen on Friday to an interview on Monday. And by the end of the week, like I had an offer and I I was able to go back to her and be like, yeah, you enjoy this life that you (laughs) created for yourself that you think is just so great. Petty, but, (laughs) but yes. Sometimes we need that petty for some of those people, but (laughs) I understand. Uh, You touched on this a little bit, but what is your fear? Oh, my fear is leaving this this world without completing my assignment. Um, There are very few things that there are very few places in my life where I I allow fear to operate in a place that in a way that's debilitating. Um, But that is that's part of my driver and my motivator. And also too, that's, that's the thing that, that I'm fearful of that I would squander my time here. I would squander my gifts. I would squander the resources that were given to me and the people that I've been created to help or to impact um, that I would leave this world without doing that. Mm. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't. Yes, I wish I would have left corporate earlier. <laughs> um, not because it was bad, but I had literally been looking into starting my own business since 2011. Now, granted, you know, I was relatively uh, fresh out of college. I didn't have any savings. I didn't have any plan. Uh, I didn't have a plan, but it was just like, it was this thing that I had been toying with back and forth and daydreaming about and maybe one day and talking myself out of it. And, you know, I took the leap in 2018 um, with no clients. And obviously I, I felt led to at the time, but like I took the leap and at the time it was like the scariest thing that I had ever done in my life. And since then I've done things that were 10 times scarier than that. So for me, I wish I would have just taken it seriously and leaned into it back then versus, you know, when I, when it happened, but still no regrets. Is there a time that you wish you had not done something? Yes, I'm sure there are plenty of those. Um, So as it relates to career, you know, so this is not necessarily a regret, but I remember as I was chasing this HR business partner role um, back earlier in my career, I used to support 
the contact center with their hiring. And so, you know, as I was told, oh, in order to be a really good business partner, HR business partner, you should learn the business. You know, that's how you can be more impactful. And so I decided to go into the business in, in the contact center as a supervisor um, to learn the products, right? Like that's the best way to learn the products, learn our, our customers, learn the process from the bottom up. Those were like the 10 worst months of my career. Um, I always say that, you know what, I, I don't regret it, but if I knew what was going, what it was going to be like going in, I, I would have made a different decision. Um, but it, again, it, it, it turned around for my good, right? It, it caused me to learn um, so much about myself. The experience itself was just, just horrible. I, I have the utmost respect for everyone that works in a call center environment because that is not, it's not for the faint of heart. What is your definition of success? Ooh, my definition of a success Um at one point in life, my de- like my definition of success was, oh my gosh, the the money, the cars, like all of the material things. Um, for me now, my definition of success is to be able to actually see the fruit of my labor, um, meaning that I can see, I I can literally pinpoint okay, this was someone's starting point, or this was my starting point, whatever the case may be, and no matter how grave or how negative or whatever it looked like to be able to push past all of the stuff, all of the gunk and to get to a place of being on the other side Um, to, to specify that a lot more overcoming fear, overcoming self-doubt, overcoming all of the things that had previously held me back or usually holds people back being able to either do it for myself or being able to help other people do it that to me is success. Hmm. How do you recharge? Ooh, um, lots of prayer, <laughs> lots of worship, uh, naps, and uh, reruns of like 90s nostalgia on Hulu. <laughs> what are you awesome at? What am I awesome at? Wow like you know the questions but then when you get asked them it's like <laughs> it's like it's, it's so hard to say what am I awesome at and it doesn't have to be professional awesome at being me would be too too easy <laughs> um I think I what I what I do think I'm awesome at is being able to show up as a mirror for other people of what's possible. Um, That's been a, I would say that that's been like a a childhood gift, like of being like that cheerleader, being that motivator for people, even when I didn't know that that's what I was doing, but being able to hold up a mirror for people of what's possible, despite wherever it is that they are in their life right now. That's good. What legacy do you want to leave? The legacy that I want to leave is one that says, no matter how far down in the bottom of the pit 
that you are, that you're in, or that you found yourself, or that you've you've come from. Um, as long as like you can see that shimmer of light, um, that means that times st- there's still time. And and to just clarify that, I've I've had some experiences where I've like been at rock bottom earlier in my life, and it was just darkness all around me. And even in that darkest space, it the darkest space, like I found that glimmer of light. And that has been the thing that like I've held on to um, that has, you know, pulled me out of that dark place and brought me into, you know, a place of more light. So the what I'd like to leave for people is I want to be that that light or that lighthouse or, you know, whatever it is that you, you want to call that. Um, I want to be that for people so that no matter what dark space that they're in, no matter what, you know, what their reality says, like when I come into their presence or whenever they come into my space in, in whatever capacity, like that I reflect that glimmer of hope and that glimmer of light that they need to help pull them out of that place that they're in. Give the listeners one motivational takeaway. One motivational takeaway. Um, I'm a firm believer that we all are created and, and, and placed in this world because we have a unique set of gifts. We have a unique, we have unique superpowers or a unique superpower. And, you know, part, and this is part of, part of me uh, projecting, but I do believe that, you know, the, the journey to exploring what that superpower is, is so crucially important. And it overrides all of the fear, all of the worry, all of the doubt. Um, You know, what I I would say to people is, you know, for me, what drives me is on, on my last day, when it's time for me to take my final breath, I want to look back and I want to, I want to know, or I want to feel like I've accomplished everything that I needed to. Um, and so, you know, as you're, as we're in this place of extreme change and extreme turmoil, you know, ask yourself, am I, am I living a life that at the end of the day, when I go to take my last breath, that I'm going to look back and be proud of, or am I living a life that, you know, is going to be full of regrets? And if it's the latter, start doing what it is that you need to do to shift that. Like, as long as you have breath in your body, that means you have time to make changes. Wow. Now, Sabine, we didn't even get to talk about your book or books. How many books do you have? So I just have one um, called Transform the Journey to Becoming. I self-published it and put that out uh, earlier this year. So it is my first. Um, it's it's more of a uh, autobiography in terms of like kind of my life and my experiences, but it tracks my major transformations in my life um, with using the the uh, caterpillar turning into a butterfly as the as the background metaphor in the process that the but, the caterpillar goes to goes through excuse me and how the the transformations that I went track along with that oh wow sounds very very interesting so before we close out tell the listeners how they can connect with you and if they want to work with you what do they need to do 
Yeah, great question. Um, so my website is www.sabinegideon.com. Um, on your on the website, you'll be able to see the coaching program that I have. Um, I do challenges every six weeks. Um, so my next challenge uh, coming up will be the second week of June. And uh, the challenge is going to focus on conquering the inner critic. Um, so it's a five-day challenge. You can learn more about that on my website as well as on my, um, on my social media pages, my handles. And then also, too, for those of you who are in a leadership capacity or looking to transition into leadership, I have a free guide. Um, leadership branding guide uh, that you can grab for completely free on my site at www.sabinegideon.com slash leadership branding. Well, Sabine, I thank you for joining me today on Trina Talk. It has been a pleasure to speak with you and you have been such an inspiration. I'm here. Thank you so much for having me. If you like Trina Talk, please don't forget to go out to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their life? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving because success is a journey, not a destination. You can listen to Trina Talk anytime and anywhere. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other places that you can listen to podcasts. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, review, and share.